0: to the Bell Podcast. My name is Marcy Timmerman. I'm the Executive Director of Mental Health America of Kentucky. I am joined today by uh, Rebecca Taylor, who is our social work student. Um, she has been doing some extensive research on uh, COVID-19 and its effects on people uh, and their mental health. So thanks for being here with us today Rebecca.
1: Of course I'm always glad to start these podcast series with you and continue them.
0: Mm -hmm. And this is episode two in a series so if you folks are following along thanks for being with us through the whole series. So last episode we kind of talked about children and youth and and some good tips and, and some reminders to parents right that they're they're doing a good job and And some ways that we know that they're doing a good job, which is great. And then today, we're going to kind of talk more about kind of the longer-term effects of COVID um, and what those might be on people's mental health. So the long-term effects of mental health, I want to make sure that's clear that we're not really talking about long-hauler syndrome necessarily. Uh, We're talking about more that mental health impact for long haul. So Rebecca, you did some research on this. Uh, You found some statistics you wanted to make sure we share.
1: Yes. So again, we're going to be focusing on an NPR article. It's titled, quote, people with COVID-19 have higher risk of long-term effects, study finds, end quote. And it was really interesting to read about this research done by a researcher and his colleagues. It's by Z- Zayad al-Ali. Thank you, Marcy. I knew I was going to say that really wrong. so thank okay. you. I only know
0: him, so I wouldn't have.
1: <laughs> I do know him. So it's Zayad al-Ali. I was really interested in... The different long-term effects that he had found. So he found that people who had contracted COVID-19 after six months of having it, they found that they were at a higher risk for mental health disorders, including depression and anxiety. The article states, quote, it remains difficult for researchers to distinguish which effects are a direct consequence of the viral infection itself and which are indirect some consequences could be a result of inflammation provoked by the virus, while others could be linked to life challenges that might accompany the disease, end quote. And I think people, including myself, need to realize there are going to be long-term effects, and it as Much as researchers may research, it will be hard to distinguish which are coming from COVID-19 and which are coming from being quarantined for two weeks at a time or being in lockdown as different states do that from time to
0: time. Yeah, and I want to correct myself, actually. It sounds like some of this was folks who have the long hauler. The six months long having a, an illness like this. It's as with any just dis- debilitating illness, it's it takes a toll on you, right? Those consequences, what what is there, what is the main triggers of the virus itself or some of that environmental figure? That's definitely an interesting thing. One of those chicken and egg conversations, right? We don't know which comes first. Um, I think that's cool. Folks that get COVID, right? Especially in the very beginning, were quarantined for two weeks on average. Uh, and you actually had a personal experience with that. I wanted to know more about that.
1: Yes. My lockdown experience was very, I thought it was going to be all bliss and rainbows and Netflix watching. And it was for two, three days. I was kicked back to relax. I was having a great old time. Then I was not in the mood to binge watch Netflix anymore. I was not in the mood to scroll through social media anymore. My husband and I both started calling friends more often, talking to our parents a little more often because we were lonely. That sounds really ridiculous to say because my husband is my best friend. I married him because he is my best friend, right? But unfortunately, we weren't meeting each other's needs as other people (laughs) reached our needs.
0: Yeah. We all need a variety of people Makes in sense. our lives, like, right? Yeah. We all need a variety right. of people in our lives and that's important. So you can't be stuck with just one person in a room for or an apartment even, or even a nice house. There's some people that have had that experience that it just was, it's it's a lot, right?
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, and let me tell you a little bit of background about where we were living at the time. So we were in Rexburg, Idaho in this little apartment a one bedroom, one kitchen, apartment and sometimes it was like oh I don't want to be in the same room as you right now for some reason I just I just need some alone time so I would go into the bedroom and he would be in the kitchen area and then he'd be like I don't want to be in the kitchen anymore so he'd come to the bedroom and we'd stay there for a little bit together and then we would flip-flop and I'd go into the kitchen he'd stay in the bedroom and I was shocked at how our different routine had like switched. Our diet was, it was struggling. Our physical activity was struggling as well. So Mm -hmm. we are big snackers. Let me rephrase that. My husband's a big snacker. (laughs) So he would snack throughout the day and then come dinner time, I would be hungry because I hadn't been snacking as much as he had. And he would be like, I'm not hungry. So I would heat up something in the microwave instead of making a very balanced meal. (laughs) And that was really hard because our eating schedules were off base. So I would eat dinner at like 6, 6.30, and then my husband would eat later at night. And then our sleep schedule would be all messed up. So that also led to the diet and physical activity being off our routine. It definitely had a mental health effect on both of us. So we would lay on the couch, do as little as put our dishes in the dishwasher, and then go back to being on the couch. I know I put on COVID-19 weight, and it was because of, like I said, the diet, the sleeping, and the lack of sunshine that we weren't getting because of COVID-19 quarantines. You know, towards the end of cor- of our quarantine, I started to get anxious, and I could tell Brady was getting anxious. Brady is my husband. Was getting anxious as well. It was hard to get back into the routine of the full time job, school, and it was really nerve wracking. It was fun for the first couple days, but then I just was needing a different aspect in my life. I missed being social with different people, even just seeing people's mouths because masks were on people's faces and I couldn't see people smiling. And Mm -hmm. wow, I did not realize that I needed to see people smile. I definitely didn't
0: have a quarantine, but when I but early on I had to quarantine because I have an autoimmune disease, which most of you probably listening know. And I had that same where like I had to go to like Kroger because I just needed to see someone who was friendly to me. That was a stranger. (laughs) That is when I solidified that I am definitely an extrovert. (laughs) I was like, I just need to see someone who is not in my house.
1: Yeah. Well, and you bring up a great point, Marcy, because I mean, you just said that you're an extrovert and that's something that I want to touch on is there's different personalities that like you, I am also an extrovert. However, my husband is an introvert and it was very hard to meet those expectations of the different personalities that we had um, during this quarantine. Like you, I would go to the, i tried to go to the grocery store, get the things that I needed, but also get the socialization that I needed as well. And I would invite Brady to come with me, and he would say, No, I'm okay to stay home. I'm doing great. I like being home. And that just made my head spin.
0: My husband, same thing. So, my husband is an introvert as well. So, we have that in common that both extroverts married the introverts. So, but we've been married a little longer than you, I'm sure. So, but yeah, it's the kind of same thing. He was like, I don't get it. You get three days, you have to leave the house. Like, you have to leave the house. I was like, Yeah, I do. Like, even if it's for a really long walk or a drive, right? Like I went on drives for a while there. I was like, it doesn't have to be even a clerk, right? I can just go on a drive and see other people existing in the city. Uh, Cause I do live in Lexington folks. So yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. And I think a lot of people learned a lot about themselves and their spouses and their family members, maybe that they hadn't known before. I kind of wonder linking the two podcasts in a different way. I have to wonder how our kids, you know, changed and stuff in front of us and how people were reconnecting. So maybe that's one of those grateful gratitude things that we had mentioned in that is that, You know, we got to know our kids better, perhaps, hopefully, and our family members better, right? And our friends better. Cause honestly, I had friends that were just like, I can't anymore. And they were more authentic and real than they had been before. So anyway, enough about me (laughs) back to the research and information you have, but yeah, you talk about pacing in the apartment. I did that too.
1: Yeah. My husband told me to sit down because I was making him anxious and nervous Mm -hmm. And then we all know the friends sitcom. I mean, it's very popular. I could tell that I was becoming a Monica in, during quarantine. I did not know what to do with myself because I couldn't pace because that was making my husband more anxious. So I decided to clean everything in our little apartment and I would re-clean. I mean, I cleaned daily. I was a Monica and I was very... Shocked that I was even a Monica because that's not part of my personality. But it's a way to
0: funnel that energy and feel like you're in control, right? So, yeah, I can totally see that being an important piece. And I probably turned into a little bit of a Monica as well. My husband is a minimalist. So he was, well, let's just throw all the stuff out that's in my spaces. And I was just, what? But then we started purging because we've lived in our house for 10 years. And we knew that it was time to start some purges. So we would do regular purges like every year. We're like, well, we'll just use COVID as an excuse for that. It got interesting because then he was throw all the things away. And I was, really? <laughs> that was how both of us channeled our energy was kind of minimalizing a little bit more of our lives, which was good. But yeah, definitely cleaning
1: as well. A little bit too much screen time for all of us, I think you know, my husband, he had different resources and different things to keep him occupied during quarantine. So like he would play video games because it was a way for him to stay in contact with his friends that are in a different state. And then when he got tired of that, he would play the ukulele and serenade me with songs and it was fun and cute. Or he'd pick up his deck of cards and learn a few magic tricks and entertain me with these magic tricks that he would learn in the middle of the night because he couldn't sleep. He would watch different things on YouTube, like Dude Perfect. And another thing that he introduced me to was different TV shows. So I didn't grow up watching too many like TV shows. And so we watched The Office, we watched Community, we watched Friends, we watched Avatar The Last Airbender. And it was really fun to see, you know, our different personalities not only clash, but also help each other to learn about each other and see how we resonate in those different um, skills that we have.
0: Yeah, that's important. Yeah, we revisited Avatar (laughs) as soon as it came out. I think lots of people did. It was like, oh, we went to Netflix and suddenly it was like number two, number one in the country again. (laughs) It was awesome. It was a nice revival. Yeah. And it's cool that we can match like our personal experiences with kind of the stuff that we're following up on as far as research goes, you know, what, what has mentally health, mentally healthy things are entertaining each other and trying to stay connected. Right. But also knowing you need a distance and that you were different people with different needs and like recognizing that you're not exactly the same as everyone around you. I think that's skills that people don't recognize that they have and their mental health skills. You know, those are mental wellness skills. Recognizing that other people are different from you is a huge thing. I think that we, when we grow up as little kids, right, we think everybody's the same as us. And has the same experiences, but we know that that's not true as we get to be adults, but some people kind of get lazy and think that. So I think it's good to to focus on that, but you're right. um, You're kind of talking about how reopening in Kentucky at the time that we did some of this research was, you know, a little bit before this resurgence of the Delta variant, but even then how are different personalities kind of deal with it? Do you think, or did you find out anything about that?
1: Yes, I did. I actually pulled up a different article as I was doing this research and it was from USA Today and I want to quote something from it. It says, quote, fear about the future and how much of it is specific to the disease progress, end quote. Yeah, so that quote is very interesting to me because, you know, we do have a lot of fear but is that fear more towards the coronavirus or is it more towards other concerns that we have, whether that be, you know, reopening or because of this Delta variant or other concerns that are caused because of COVID-19 or just in general. And so I think these questions are very valid and worth taking a look at. Throughout my research, I, I saw that a lot of people during COVID-19, we all learned how to relax. And I'll use that word quite a bit. I'll either say relaxing or relax. But we went from this mindset of working 24-7 to survive in this world. And then this coronavirus hit and we couldn't work anymore. We stopped that that working 24-7 mindset. And we were able to relax and see how the working 24-7 mindset was hard on our mental and physical health. And maybe there are people we worked for that are, were rude and absolutely ridiculous to work for and just plain mean. There's a lot of different concerns that COVID-19 brought up because we were relaxing and because we weren't in this working 24/7 mindset so we were able to look at the different possibilities of why we were being anxious and fearful about our future and I think you know toxic work environments are very are very realistic I think I think a lot of people experience that and then when they experienced the freedom of relaxation they did not want to go back to work for a person that it was very rude. I mean, I personally wouldn't because I just, if I had taken the mindset of working 24-7 and then taking a pause and realizing how toxic that environment was, I would not want to go back to that work environment. And I would want to see if there was a different option. And I think that's why we see job shortages. And I mean, we see people hiring all over the place right now. You know, some people say, oh, it's because certain people want to live off the government funds. But is that really the case? Or is it because they don't want to work for a toxic environment anymore? Mm
0: -hmm. Or a mentally unhealthy one, right? Uh, At MHA National, we have our workplace a mental health report. And it really talks about how especially retail schedules uh, and fast food schedules, those constantly changing schedules are actually poor for me- mental health. They hurt people's mental health. It makes it hard to plan if you're only getting a weekly schedule, right? If you don't know next Friday, what your schedule is going to be, you can't schedule doctor's appointments. You can't schedule therapy. You can't schedule childcare. Um, it's just a, an impact that kind of snowballs, right? And if you were able to stay home, if you were one of those folks that was able to get on unemployment and such here in Kentucky, I gave you a moment to breathe and some more regularity. And constantly through this, I think about schedules and having things that are in routines and how good that is for your mental health. Well, just being able to predict, you know, what the next day was going to look like even. And you're right. Our research shows us that a lot of the folks who are still at home on unemployment are actually um Caring for someone, they're caregiving for either an elder relative or a child, or they are actively searching for a different kind of job uh, than what they had before. Which for a lot of folks, those are those are retail folks, those are our servers, those are the folks that are looking for for help the most, I think, around Kentucky. So that's an interesting kind of mesh up between your your expertise and mine. I think that's cool. But yeah, you know, job shortages. There's not one answer, but it's definitely mental health is one of the answers um, for why there's those. Going back to the NPR article, you were talking about you know, we know that COVID will have some long term effects. um, And that's not the only source that we have for that information. Um, But did you want to go ahead and go back to that kind of a little bit?
1: Yeah, I definitely will. Uh, There was another quote that I wanted to kind of focus on. So that quote says, um, quote, the findings do not suggest that everyone who gets COVID-19 will have long term effects the takeaways from the study is that the healthcare system needs to get ready for a lot of people living with the consequences resulted from COVID-19, end quote. You know, I know I talked about in the first episode, the mental health care system is going to need a little bit more work as we try to meet everybody's needs. You know, that can look different for everybody. Some of the things that I've learned throughout my semesters and throughout this research is, We can research legislators' hobbies and passions, you know, use that as an icebreaker when we call these legislatures and bring up the change that is needed in the mental health care system to their attention. If we just call these legislatures and say, hey, did you know that we need to change this in the mental health care system? They're most likely going to be more defensive if we learn about their interests and their hobbies and build on that we will be able to talk about change in a lighter way and in a more productive way. And it's something else that we can do is, you know, we can look at COVID-19 and we can look at this experience. Yes, it has hindered a lot of our lives, but we can carry it with us in a positive light for the rest of our lives. And we can use that as a way to make change for the next generation or for the rest of our generation and older generations right now. There are definitely different treatments, coping skills, and techniques to help us move forward in this COVID-19 experience.
0: Yeah, that's super important. Good point. So yeah, there's definitely... A lot we've learned from COVID, I think, and we'll still be learning from COVID. It's not over. Just to make sure folks remember that. I'm not pretending it's over, folks. Don't yell at me. Don't give me the hate mail. I know better. But I think a lot of us have are getting that message finally. I'm seeing more people really understand that You know, we're going to choose to put back in our lives what we need to put back after COVID and how important that piece is. That things don't have to go back to the way they were, right? And I think you have a, more on that later. It is important.
1: Yeah. Any last thoughts that you want to make sure we get in here? Yeah, I will end this podcast with grace. I guess that is the correct word to use is we all need to be a little bit more graceful towards each other, which is good. And we are able to do that more easily than we are towards ourselves. So a little bit of grace towards others and towards ourselves. And that might be hard for most of us because I know it's hard for me to give myself some grace sometimes, but we can do that in different ways. I know self-care is brought up a lot in the mental health aspect, and sometimes people don't realize that self-care, you know, the simple things that we do, whether that be taking a nap. Sometimes I like to jam out to some old but memorable tunes from the 90s and 80s. You guys can all do that too. Have a dance session while you're listening to those old tunes. You can read a book, take some time to breathe and, you know, take off that suit or uniform that you use during your job and just let your hair down. And feel free to invite your kids as well when you do something silly like dance to those old tunes and stuff like that you don't have to be this robot that works 24 7 or pretend that COVID-19 didn't happen because it is still happening it's okay to acknowledge and validate those feelings that we have but at the same time we can use those experiences as a stepping stone. And we can recognize that we miss these things. And yes, times are going to be painful, but we ultimately have control over our feelings and we can push for the happiness that we deserve. I Couldn't
0: have ended it better. Great job. Thank you all. Don't forget, there's no health without mental health. Take care of
1: yours. Thank you, Becca, for being with us. Appreciate it. Thanks, Marcy, for having me join you today. And I look forward to next time. Yep, And folks, there will be some links in the
0: show notes to the articles we used for this. And we will link to the other podcasts in the series as well. I think this was a great podcast um, already. If you folks want some more ideas, need more toolbox information or... want to search out any of that uh, hotlines and things that we have, Uh, we are at mhaky.org. That's Mental Health America of Kentucky. So mhaky.org. You can also reach us by phone at 859-684-7778. And we are also available by text. So we know not everyone has the ability to call and has enough minutes to call and have a real conversation with us. So text is available as well at that 859-684-7778. Awesome. Well, thanks, folks. Um, We will be seeing you soon. Mental health is important. Take care of yours. Have a good day.